The Guardian. The Guardian has partnered with audible.co.uk to offer listeners a free audiobook if you sign up for a two-week trial of their service. Audible has 40,000 titles available to download. For all the details, follow the links at guardian.co.uk slash audible. My lords, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Matt Wells, and this is a special souvenir edition of Media Talk. Coming up this week... Uh, it's about uh, three weeks ago on holiday in Kenya. We had a little private time away together. I just decided that it was the right time, really. I took her up somewhere nice in, uh, in Kenya and, uh, and proposed. Very much. There's a true romantic in there. Move over, Posh and Bex. We look at the media reaction to the engagement of Wills and Kate. Also in the podcast, all the news that's fit to print from the Society of Editors Conference... Plus, the Beatles finally arrive on iTunes, while Vanessa Feltz looks set to join Radio 2. And the new series of I'm a Celebrity opens with its strongest ever set of viewing figures. This round is a straightforward race. The first person to eat an entire kangaroo penis is the winner. When the klaxon starts, eat the willy as quick as you can, and you have to show an empty mouth. The very best of luck. His penis looks smaller than mine. Hold on to your stomachs. This is Media Talk from The Guardian. Now, where else to start this week but the news from the palace that Prince William and Kate Middleton are tying the knot. Shortly after they made their engagement public, Wills and Kate also revealed their nicknames for each other. Uh, so it's no small coincidence that we've got our own big Willie and babykins here in the pot too. Guess which one's which, eh? You are blushing. So, I feel the readers need to know. See, I don't write this, this stuff. <laughs> no, read it before having to say it, obviously. James, Ro- <laughs> James Ro- Well, that's Jane Martinson. James Robinson is the observer. Observer's Media Editor, editor and uh, Jane Martinson is The Guardian's new women's editor. Is it women's editor or women's editor? Women's um, editor. Women's plural. It's Guardian Women, isn't Excellent. It? Uh, the, There's uh, more than one of us. There I are, indeed. That's the... And James, there was no need for the tiara. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you look... Perfect, well, I look, I look perfectly pretty, regal. You've got your, miss, I look pretty dapper, don't I, I suppose? suit and tie, it looks great. Uh, Jane, listen, we'll start with you. I mean... It, it felt like it was 1950 all over again. No, it's it? back to the 1980s. Back to 1980s. It was. Honestly, I was having complete flashbacks to Charles and Diana. I mean, everything about it was so managed, wasn't it? The sort of dress that matched the ring, the, you know, the sort of the way it was, the, all those clips of her sort of trotting after him down corridors and him striding manly in his uniform. It was just, we are back in the 80s. And it, of course, 81 was two years after the um, Thatcher government. And this will be two years after um, the election of, or sort of a bit after the election of David Cameron. Well, there's, there's, a, nice, there's a nice bit of timing. We'll come on to that um, in a minute. But I was also thinking when I said back to the 50s or, you know, it, it, in the reverential press mm. coverage. Yeah, um, remarkable. Yeah. Pull out. I, I, mean, I was Pull absolutely out. appalled. I was, it made you long for the day when the Independent famously reported the announcement of Diana and Charles's wedding by saying, you know, Charles Windsor. Who, who were married, Diana oh, Spencer, and they put it on the basement of page six or something. But yeah, I mean, I'm just I was appalled, really. I mean, but but I don't. I think it did reflect a genuine interest nationally um, amongst the sales? public, which is, makes me even more worried. I hope the, you know, I just oh, find I think it sales though. They're already indications that it's having a great impact. Yeah, on it will. Sales. It will boost sales. Yeah, absolutely. and I mean, you know, we sort of were slightly taken aback with the Telegraph special pullout, and now the Mail's going to be doing. They've done their 16 page. Um, pull out. I mean, there's this sort of, 
And, I mean, Twitter is obviously... I mean, the incredible thing is Twitter went crazy with this as well. So all these sort of, you know, supposedly uh, people that are supposing some sort of... Um, uh, sneering nature who are all just totally Forming. totally involved in every sort of breaking news the yeah, BBC and, uh, t- you know sh- doing a whole rolling news service well, to BBC every little and, tiny and, and, bit and Sky completely turned yeah. over the schedule yeah. all day yeah. till it wasn't and no other story got looking till uh, till about you know back of seven o'clock yeah and yeah. I mean, they, didn't the BBC news extend their news yeah, for, to know, an hour I mean it, but it was global as well I mean this was a yeah. global news event which is you know yes, I mean I must all, admit, it, was, it was all over the European papers and, and, yeah, and everything and the US went mad on it and, and I mean I just find it you know I do hope that all what struck me about it was you know you get a lot of sort of snobby people saying oh you know Katie Price is only famous for doing nothing and, and so is you know half the universe famous for doing nothing and, and, and sneering at okay and he I mean Kate Mullison is now famous for doing nothing other than marrying someone yes. you know I just hope they just remember that next time they say oh, you know what's, what the hell has Peter Andre ever done you know it, it, I mean it was interesting I, as it happens I was news editing on uh, Guardian.co.uk when the happy news came through and um, uh, and it, it was a bit of a you know first of all we didn't go massive on it um, but it did become obvious very quickly that you know from, from our live from, we did live block it yes because that's you know that's what we do um, with a suitably you know tongue in cheek tone that, that from, it was came obvious from the comments people were really mega interested in it and I was really mm. surprised I mean towards the end of the day the comments were kind of divided between those people who said yes it's marvellous for them we should be happy it's a nice story in bad, in bad mm. times and uh, that was half of them and then the other half was saying why are the Guardian why are you devoting That's, so much I mean, coverage to them? I have to say although I hate to that it, you know this is the royal family writ large isn't it they are a uniting factor because half of us spend our time going why do we even care about these people and half of us say but, but her dress was from Issa and I, where will she get her wedding dress and how does she get her hair to look like that and what does he really think and why did he go to a dad I mean there are just endless endless <laughs> questions and it will go on for another year at least and then there'll be the baby and it will never ever end It'll that's never end. the monarchy what did you think of the interview did either of you watch the, watch the it was a bit, I, bit I, of a I watched Tom, a few clips of it I mean Tom I just thought well, initially you know, I thought I it was remarkable it. yeah sorry but remarkable that um Bradbury got the interview because he's posh, basically. I mean, that's, <laughs> he's you know, a friend, isn't he? Though? You know, yes, but is he friends with us? No. Uh, <laughs> I mean, oh, no, you know what I mean, though. It's, it pays to be posh, Jane. And you would, I know you wouldn't know. Um, but, uh, but I thought it was quite funny because, I mean, they actually, Clarence House actually emailed every other broadcaster. I saw the email saying, you know, they were specifically requested to speak to Tom Bradbury because they've both known him for some time. You know, I thought that was, uh, but you know, fair play to him. You know, use your contacts, use your friendships and acquaintances and social contacts to get get the interview if you can. Um, there was a hilariously overdubbed interview which he's doing the rounds already on YouTube, which is far too. Uh, Rude. Offensive to, to to go into any great detail. Yes, but, but, um, no, but there'll be lots of spoofs. Obviously, I'm sure. if you Google it, it's, it's perfectly findable. <laughs> there, will, there will be lots of spoofs, and of course, there's the, the the coverage of the day itself. Now, who is it going to be on the BBC? Will it be Dimbleby? Oh, it it's got be to Dimbleby. got to be Dimbleby. Do you think? But I don't know. I think he's getting. You know, he's fairly. Oh, we've said that for years, no, though, haven't we? And actually, I think Question Time. You know, I think the whole. Yes, it is brilliant. I, and I, you know, it could I be Hugh Edwards, though, couldn't it? No. No, don't, I don't think, think so. so. Where's well, the Prince of Wales? Not the Gravitas. Uh, on Sky. Over, over, over Wales. <laughs> you see, on, that's the thing. There is, Sky, there's though, so much to, to discuss to Burley, though, isn't about it's it. No. Oh, it's just what is the spoof? Yeah. Yeah, it would be burning. <laughs> but it's great to see, see all these old commentators that some of the, I thought you know they'd shuffled off long Dickie ago. So, yeah, they're all back. You know, <laughs> James Whitaker. I'm sure I saw. Did you is that really? Right? I'm sure I saw James Whitaker. You know, coming out and you know talking about the 
the constitutional there, arrangements and so There was a brilliant, well, on, on that note, there was a brilliant blog post by Ian Martin, who's, I think, is the Europe editor of the Wall Street Journal, mm. or is the editor of the Wall Street uh, Journal Europe, whatever it is. Mm. Um, uh, he, uh, he, he did this uh, just after the news broke. He did this sort of spoof blog post, um, uh, cut out and keep... Uh, royal supplement guide for uh, news editors to commission and it was literally it was just that you know it was you uh, you get you get the fawn, fawning piece by quote a friend and then you get the, the royal historian to put it all into context and all of this and you could literally checklist it by the telegraph supplement the next day and yes they had done exactly all of that it was hilarious um, all of the it was, it was the international kind of st- stuff about it w- was really interesting it'll be really interesting also to see if the level of coverage that it's getting will be sustained, will will the country want a similar kind of level of coverage to Charles and Diana when 28.4 million people watched, you know, across BBC One and, and, and ITV in, in 1981? I'm thinking probably yes. yes. Yeah, I, I mean, look so. at Big Brother. They yeah. ran for 10 years and there was endless coverage. And, yeah. you know, I mean, you think of the X Factor finalists. I mean... Yeah, this will definitely run around. It's just, it's I remember, just, I mean, I think, you know, the background to this is that, frankly, no one's had anything to talk about or laugh at or discuss that is an utterly miserable for the past sort of year or so. So, good news. I saw, yeah. I saw a government source, uh, government quote, source, unquote, quoted, I think, in The Guardian, saying, uh, it'll, well, well this will take us nicely through to the Olympics. <laughs> yeah. So, you will have a feel-good year or so, and then... And then another, well, yeah, it's, it's a good it'll point. Mask, mask all over all the cuts and yeah. nastiness. Well, it's, these things matter, they do matter, you know. I mean, remember the... the uh, when London won the Olympics, so the, the mood of the nation was fun, was was incredible on that day in July, wasn't it? So, um, and I think it, you know, it does. This is interesting for the royal family as well because it obviously does create. You know, it's the best opportunity they've had since the, the tragic death of Diana. Uh, which was incredibly obviously, obviously the aftermath of that was incredibly badly handled, and the monarchy was in, the the biggest danger it's been for you know fifty years. Now this is a chance to do the exact polar opposite of that and and cement the popularity of the, ro- the royalty. And if it's handled very well, this wedding, it will do just that. So I think it's very fascinating on that level. All right, well we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. I think that's uh, probably more than enough by the royal household. But there'll uh, be more. Yes, well, you can read more about the happy couple on pages six, seven, eight, nine, ten on a special pullout. All and reams of Guardian.co.uk have got all of that. Uh, this is Media Talk. I'm Matt Wells, and it was at this point in the show last week that things took a bit of a nosedive. Uh, so we'll we'll kick it. Well, no, it got a bit boring. Uh, we'll kick off with something uh, serious. Uh, Glenn Mulcair. This is the news of the world um, phone hacking story, uh, James, which you, mm. uh, you know all about. There's been a, another incremental development, hasn't there? Can yeah. you explain what's happened. Yeah, a very well, potentially very significant one in that uh, Mulcair has been ordered by a judge to reveal uh, whether. He was told by uh, the News of the World news editor to f- hack into phones. In other words, he always been asked to, uh, ordered to say who ordered him to uh, hack into phones. And uh, the significance of that is, of course, if, if, he, if it transpires that a senior executive at the News of the World d- ordered him to do that, it blows the, their defence, the News of the World's defence, right out of the water. That's that it was a rogue reporter. Yeah, a rogue reporter. This, that, that will be proof uh, well, then, that, because that wasn't it gives, the case. You know, first, it's a rogue reporter, and then is it a rogue news editor? I mean, how many rogue people yeah. uh, does it take before it's not, not rogue anymore? The interesting thing about this, isn't it, is um, yesterday PMQ's Cameron um, was sort of mentioned Alistair Campbell. And of course, it, he doesn't seem yet to have recognised that sort of uh, Coulson is, is becoming for him. Well, he has been the story for months, mm. but he says things like this. And of course, you know, all the um, shadow benches start roaring Andy Coulson's name. Cameron that has was an a, interesting moment, I thought, on Wednesday. Well, 
it, and it also shows that, you know, David Cameron has said, Andy Colson has paid for this, he left his job. The reason it's continued to be... Um, such an issue. Obviously, there are these cases that the Glenn Mulcair um, uh, moves that we were just talking about, uh, the decision by the judge, um, but also the fact for who Andy Coulson is now. Mm. He, you know, he is the adv- chief advisor to PR advisor to the prime minister. Well, David Cameron's defence is always and has been consistent, and it is that Andy Coulson paid for it mm. with his job. Mm. He got sacked by what well, he he stood stood down, I should say, as editor of the News of the World, and everyone deserves a second chance. Mm. Is that, mm. you, I mean, that, that, that the question will be, I suppose, whether that is a sustainable defence given the kind of drip drip of further revelations. It becomes less sustainable if there's any suggestion that you know Andy said I do nothing. Any suggestion that that can't be true, it becomes more and more untenable, and you do sort of feel, you know, that. It, it either it has to die by Christmas mm. or he has to get another yeah, job. The weight of evidence is becoming quite critical, isn't it? I mean, the, but there is no smoking. I mean, there is no, as yet no smoking gun. You know, an email from Coulson to Mulcair or another journalist saying, "By all, you know, make sure you record this conversation or, or make sure you hack it to people's phones." But I mean, I think what this illustrates the fact that he's still there illustrates really, I suppose, obvious in some ways, just how important Coulson is to, mm. to Cameron. You know, and, in terms and of the being, PR a, a, management has been talking yeah, earlier. Today. Yeah. You know, the PR management so far has been pretty good, actually. Yeah. Thanks, Corey. Yeah. So, so I mean, he's it, doing a good it's job. Inter- it's interesting in that we were we were talking uh, in another context in the office um, about the uh, mutualisation of of, uh, the, of of and cooperativisation of of public services, and that's all been. I mean, we, you know, in in essence, that's privatisation by another name, but it's all got this kind of cuddly John Lewis image about it, as if workers' cooperatives, are, you know, and that's an amazing kind of achievement um, of spin and, and PR by by Coulson and Steve Hilton and, 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 and the rest of them. So it'll be interesting to see how all, the, uh, all that plays out. I guess we'll have to wait now until what happens with, the, with this particular ruling. Well, and, well I was going to say, know. I mean, see, the, 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 my suspicion is that the news of the, will, news of the world will settle, obviously. Hmm. I mean, if they, you know, they will offer a, a, a lot of money for the, the person who's soon to go away because because of the damage it will cause, the question then is there are, whether well, she settles or not. Yes, then there, are, there are four or five in this pipeline already. Yeah, so. exactly. yeah. Okay, uh, good stuff. Uh, let's, uh, <laughs> let's move on to uh, more solid ground, the X Factor. Simon Cowell has uh, threatened to take Heat Magazine to the PCC. Uh, they claimed he knew details of the weekly viewer vote. He's not very happy about that. Guess who his law firm is? Shillings. Carter Ruck. Carter Ruck. Even worse. Carter Ruck, mm. yeah. Um, uh, uh, what do we make briefly of the result on Sunday? Katie survives again. How does she survive? I don't understand. Every every week. Actually, well, she's, she's in the controversy, bottom. isn't it? Sorry, well, this, this you know, is the one of the controversies. I mean, that was the previous week, and Cheryl was. Uh, she refused to vote. She refused so to vote. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you have to I suspect think, I mean, a degree of manipulation. Two weeks, and you know, I don't want to sound naive that I never expected it to be um, slightly managed behind the scenes. <laughs> Any other way? These yeah. last two weeks, it doesn't actually seem mm. quite openly so, and I wonder. I mean, I don't know if the viewing figures yet. I, there is a moment, isn't there, where you think... I mean, I felt that Tracy-Katie Russell decision was the real turning point, where mm. it seemed so managed, you know, that it didn't go to a public vote because mm. Cheryl refused to vote. The public vote showed, we found out later that week, 
that Katie would have gone, they then last week tried to make up for that by forcing by going to a public vote, which yeah. shows that Katie was going to stay. I mean, it just yeah. seems so Very suspicious. Very suspicious. Well, it's so sort of managed. Not, actually, we have to say not that Simon Cowell's got anything to do with it. No, no or um, I'm sure that nobody's doing anything um, no. underhand. But illegal. just in no terms of, and of course, it's entertainment. It's Saturday Night Entertainment. That might be it's been yeah. fantastic. Um, it's best one so far. Even if nothing had actually happened, it's just that sense, isn't it? And that's the thing about TV programmes when they slightly lose that sense of sort of, I could, I could do this. I love this group. I love this singer. I'm I could, going I to could influence them. Yeah. It will, if your however, vote doesn't count, I mean, well, if you're paying, you're paying. Yeah, they're making money from it this. Will Don't forget, not they're stop making money from people in phoning and voting for Rebecca. However, <laughs> is, is but. It? Is um, Rebecca your one? I love her. She must now. She doesn't win. There will be outrage. Well, I think she's good. Well, maybe in, in your guns. household, but I, I think I think if Cher Lloyd doesn't win. There'll be outrage. No, in fact, not my household. My seven-year-old daughter is absolutely obsessed by One Direction. Uh, well, you well, see, this is the power—the power of the media. Yeah. Who might One Direction might win? Yeah, they're good. Yeah, no, seven, if seven-year-old <laughs> girls get on the phone, obviously, and are there's allowed only, there's to. There's only one and a half of One Direction who can sing. There's, <laughs> there's, there's the one who can sing. The, he stands, stands up. He always sings the opening yeah, big kind of yeah. thing. He's very good. And then there's the the other one who can sort of half sing, and he gets to sing the next line. And then the rest of them just get. To but get, there's one. Obviously, I don't know any of their names. But there's one who just smiles, and that's the one that my daughter says. <laughs> but he's so cute. <laughs> anyway, listen, it's almost as much on X Factor as, the, as there was on the News of the World and so we have to balance things out uh, with serious issues like page 3 is turning 40 uh, Jane uh, as our women's editor this uh, links my, my former links and my current job it does yes um, yes I have to say, (laughs) (laughs) very good. You have to edit that out. (laughs) No, it's not. It's the best joke of the show. So yes, as you were saying, seriously. Um, Today, I was, I have to say, slightly surprised to see the double page spread um, in the Sun, written by Jermaine Greer. Oh God, Jermaine, who says it's okay because her odd job man, who's a lovely fifty-year-old who plays golf quite well. Likes it for a bit of light relief. Well, yeah, I, I bet, bet he does. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I mean, felt it is sort of. I no, was slightly wrong. surprised it's just, it's that a feminist icon who I is Jermaine could sort of write that. that. Really, yeah. Uh, but I mean, it's, it seems to. Have, the, the interesting thing I think about it seriously is that it does seem to have gone away as an issue. It's, it, it, it doesn't seem to be well, the, the part in, of the public discourse in the way that it used to be. There was a point in her piece where she was, which is, I think, interesting, which says um, that we are now so exposed. I don't know if you saw that, um, the suits, um, of did, the, yes, the dreadful yes. pornographic sort of ads that were on the Westfield Shopping Centre that has been a bit of sort of a campaign in the backlash. Yes, I've, I've studied the, the pictures just to, just to make sure that I'm acquainted with the full filthiness of them. That, yes. Um, I think they are quite readily available. Yeah. But um, we are so immune to sort of pictures that are worse yeah. that page three becomes quite tame and quite mm. funny. And they're done, they've always done in that very classically sun way, which is, you know, they're really witty. And, you know, the joke that new editors always, um, uh, Dominic Moen on his first day got Domenica, the page three girl. Yeah. Um, I suppose the point is that it's, it's the fact that it's sort of so ubiquitous and seems so tame. Actually, over 40 years, it has tamed us. It's the least of our worries, so to speak. Yeah. Well, or that we, you become immune to things that you right. see on such a, re- you know, f- mm. familiarity breeds, um, in this case, lethargy, I suppose. Mm. Okay. Um, now, James, you've uh, said on this uh, podcast before that you don't like music. 
not, well, not a big I, music fan. I do like music. I'm just yeah. No, I, did I say that? I, do, I change my opinion every every <laughs> every <laughs> half an hour. So no, yeah. that that's categorically not true. I love music. In <laughs> okay. fact, uh, well, I was going to. I was wondering what your sort of how sentimental a view you might have on this Beatles Apple story. The Beatles are are now on iTunes, of course. I thought you were going to say the Beatles are a you know popular. Combo from the 1960s. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's good. Uh, what can you say? I mean, I'm just looking forward to them knocking off uh, Simon Cowell, whatever, whichever act wins the X Factor from number one, keeping them. You imagine if the Beatles, because they will now, I think there's 47 Beatles songs already in the top 100 or something ridiculous, isn't there? And can you imagine if they actually pushed the X Factor single down to your number 23? Yes. That's the greatest service the Beatles arguably could do for. For modern day music, yes. Well, that was the, well, very good. Thank mm. you. That was a very, very uh, good moment. Um, radio, I wanted to talk about briefly. Does Vanessa Feltz really want to set her alarm at three a.m.? She's been touted, hasn't she? Is it been confirmed, uh, Jane? Or uh, no, she's been. Um, don't, don't think yes. no, it's a rumor that, yeah. that that she's going to replace the uh, saintly Sarah uh, Kennedy in the early breakfast slot on uh, Radio Two. Is this? Um, uh, you know, sure. I, well, thought. I, that, <clears throat> I thought that slot was it's quite sort of music heavy, isn't it? Whereas yeah. Vanessa is obviously known for long chat shows. So I don't yes, know and if her that's opinion, opinion, is that so. going to change the sort of nature? Well, I mean, that would be well, really Sarah interesting. Kennedy before was was a sort of a, a, a kind of um, Vanessa Feltz figure. You know, mm. she used to present current affairs programs and all and all, all the rest of it. So it's not an, not a, mm. a, a transition that couldn't be made. But I, I wonder if it's, it's surely a kind of slot to nurture talent and give a bright young thing a chance rather than somebody who's what, radio or, two's breakfast show yeah don't you, I mean, it could be it could, could be. be it never has been though, no. so. okay that <laughs> <laughs> doesn't mean it can't be now yeah exactly no, that's true um back to television for a bit um uh, i see that channel four are humming and harring over gordon ramsay whether to renew his deal has he had mm. his day do you think his current deal runs out uh, next year. Perhaps Jay Hunt will put a female chef on at primetime instead. <laughs> that was the very thought that came into my mind, that um, you know, she's had such a hard time with this country file case yes. and has had a hard time you know, over the, her tenure as BBC One controller with certain sections um, as a sort of high-profile woman. But um, you know, with her first act at Channel 4, maybe she can, um, uh, she, she, she can she do her bit. <laughs> With Gordon Ramsay. But yeah, anyway, perhaps. she hasn't decided yet, has she? So. No. Uh, we, we should very briefly, and I'm, I'm, you know, I know that we've done a lot of showbiz, but we should mention I'm a Celebrity started uh, uh, this week. Jilly McKeith. <laughs> Honestly. You just want to... You do, don't you? I mean, I, I just, she's it's, the most the annoying are really woman. good, this. They I mean, I, I really try brilliant. not to yeah. watch I'm a Celebrity, I have to say, because I just think my life is too much taken up with TV. I can't watch all of I'm a Celebrity. So you'd yes. have no life. No. Um, but well, well, what with that and the X Factor and Strictly how, and everything yeah, else? and everything else. And all the serious documentaries and, and, and news that you have to watch. Um, and Mad uh, <laughs> You can't watch everything. However, <laughs> it's got such a good cast, this... And I, love, I love the fact Sean Ryder just came out today and said, or was it last night, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in here to sell my record because the record company told me that <laughs> I, I, no, it wouldn't get sold. Also, Lembit Opic. And I mean, uh, it's just, it's Santos Agros, who no one Agros ever. Santos. Agros Santos. What's his name? Agros Santos. Agros Agros. Yes. No one had ever heard of him. No, no, I've still not heard of him. Um, okay, that'll do for our, well, it's meant to be our news in brief section, but we seem to have, it's news at length, isn't it, frankly? More on all of these stories at mediaguardian.co.uk, which is also where you can register to take part in next week's Media Guardian Red Bee webcast about the future of television. Now, we'll finish this week with the press, uh, because the Society of Editors Conference took place in Glasgow. Uh, Fleet Street's newest proprietor, Alexander Lebedev, gave the keynote speech. Uh, James, you were up there, weren't you? Mm. Um, the owner of the Evening Standard and the Indy was, well, I don't know, but how, 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 how would you describe his speech? Enigmatic? 
yeah, quite a typically enigmatic, more aimed at a domestic uh, Russian audience. Than, oh, really? Than, yeah, I mean, I think so. It was a fairly defiant speech, um, you know, saying that he would continue to try and root out corruption and use his position as a proprietor to do that. Because the um, FSB turned up at his office. Yeah, indeed, like after the mask... Armed, you know, armed police turned up at his bank and raided it the other week. I think that that was a riposte in that sense. A very so. I think actually, the good good that they got him to speak, but I think there would have been some. Well, I was up there. There was some disappointment that he didn't say, "Right, here's how you can make money out of newspapers." I mean, his 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 speech basically said, "You know, I'm doing this for altruistic reasons," uh, and and implied that the future for newspapers may well be, uh, you know, rely on. Charities, basically, or people like himself who had a lot of money and wanted to wanted to philanthropy. philanthropy. Yeah, exactly. Um, And I think that probably disappointed some people who wanted to to know how to make cash out of paper. The indie, you know, his reasons for buying the indie. Although everyone would like to make money, you can't. I can't believe he made he bought the indie in order to make money because you know he never had made money, had it? So you know that whole argument about the philanthropy and that sort of model of you know the sort of um, proprietor with wealthy pockets being the only way that you could sort of sustain the sort of newspapers we have particularly in this country is so competitive um you know is the only way so i suppose he's never i mean although you know they they are again saying that they will um break even next year and the standard has done but they've been yeah, yeah, i mean they have made for, yeah. since i was being a correspondent they were yeah, saying they've they been saying, saying that for, for a decade or more but i mean at least mm. they are experimenting you know i mean they they've launched i obviously Did you have anything they've, to they've say taken about their standard free about what about, about I. I? They didn't. He didn't. He wouldn't. He didn't talk. He wasn't. You know. He didn't talk about the specific specifics of the business or how mm. much money they were making That's or how they were doing. When that said is, something. yeah. I mean, he was very open in other ways, but um, I mean, I find him. A, he's a perplexing character, actually. I, mean, just, I don't think any of us still, despite his emphasis on rooting out corruption and so on really understand why he has bought these news. I mean, that's the quick question. Why Why have you bought these newspapers? I mean, is it, is it a strategy, well, you know, an put, insurance well, policy in case the Russian police come back exactly and you have to flee? Say, I mean, it's, it's somewhere to put his money, isn't it? Yeah. So it's not in Russia. In a, yeah, I mean, well, but then you wouldn't you buy something that's worth more or... Possibly, yeah. I don't know. It, it, but, I mean, if you've become a champion of the free press, then it's difficult mm. to bang you up, isn't it? Or yeah. more difficult. But it's given him... You think of his profile, though. It's, I was going to say, it's much, much harder... If he feels under attack by the He's Russian authorities. Some pr- international profile, yeah. yes, that's what he has done. Uh, that's certainly true. I wanted um, uh, to talk uh, uh, as well in other sort of Fleet Street news about the uh, Daily Mail. A very good piece by you, James, in Media Guardian on uh, Monday how uh, Mail Online gets an extraordinary number of users a month. I think they're going to post, it's possible, you know, they might even uh, go on sort of projections hit 50 million unique users a month in their ABCs yeah, uh, n- next time, which is is remarkable. Um, you know, a mixture of moral outrage and heavy cleavage, isn't it? Really? Yeah, I mean, it's ironic, isn't it? That 25%, <coughs> they, they insist, male sources insist, 25% of their traffic is generated by showbiz and celebrity. I mean, I don't know anyone who doesn't read it for that very reason. Hmm. So it is a strange... Uh, a strange fact, a phenomenon, and that's the key and question, I suppose. They, you know, they, how were no, they, they were nowhere three years ago, weren't they? Three yeah, years. I mean, they have gone from a standing start to the biggest UK uh, English language news site in the world, newspaper website. Newspaper, sorry, yeah. newspaper website, absolutely. Yes. Yes. After the New York Times, which is remarkable, and by giving people what they want, mm. you know, I mean, it's a simple mm. lesson, you know. By I suppose back pe- to that page three thing, you know, mm. that always sells. It's it? interesting as well. If you go to America um, and you look at Mail Online there, it's mailonline.com. Well, it's funny. It says mailonline.com at the, at the masthead and there's this redirect that directs you to, to .co.uk pages. But it looks exactly, you know, at first glance, <coughs> excuse me, it looks exactly the same. Same layout, same pictures of celebrities that, you know, because 
I don't recognise any yeah, of these, these people anyway. It doesn't look unfamiliar. Um, <laughs> but, but when, and say in court cases, except they are American Z-list celebrities and American trashy court cases. And it's, they've literally mm. transplanted the UK formula to the US mm. audience. And I, it looks to me, I don't know absolutely for certain, you may know, know more, it looks to me like, like they've hired a, a kind of handful of staff well, to, have to replicate that. They stay up in an LA bureau right. specifically to serve the US market. Although then they, interestingly, then found that the lots of those stories transfer to the UK so I mean as a, a happy sort of happy coincidence but yeah I mean you're right they they um they have got an eye on the US market and they've seemed to be doing quite well over there the question is as ever how many people come in you know through the back door through Google and how many people actually start typing in mailonline.com well into that's the, fine your, isn't it I mean, I mean they've URL. said that they've said and they said it was a uh, quote in your copy uh, they've said they, they're, 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 they are, there are two ways to do it uh, one way is to go for, for small committed readers or the other way, other way is to go for bulk and they've gone for bulk and so, so search is fine for them they are yeah. absolutely fine with whole other people coming in through search yeah as, as long as although they will, still won't say how much you know what their digital revenues or what their revenues from mail online are and it'd be absolutely you know despite my best efforts i couldn't find out i could only estimate go, it'd be guess. Kind of interesting to see what the breakdown is as mm. well uk and international mm. yeah you know? uh, in terms of profit or in terms of readers Re- yeah i users. think uh in terms of users i think 20 percent or something from the us i think if i'm right in saying but is it, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, everyone's doing the same thing. Yeah. You know, aren't they looking to the US as a, as a potential market for, you know, potential for growth and revenue? And I would say one of the things that Martin Clark, who runs the Man Online, said at the Society of Editors Conference, uh, which was very actually quite uplifting, was he, you know, he repeat, you know, just emphasised that we are brilliant at news in this country. We've got brilliant news journalism generally, and you know, we should be seeing this as a huge opportunity to, uh, you know, I don't think everyone in the US is going to stop reading the New York Times necessarily, but, we, you know, the Guardian is doing well over there. You know, lots of different titles are doing well over there in the US because we're, we're, we're very good at what, what we do. We're world leaders. So. The Brits are world, world leaders in trashy journalism, yes, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah great. exactly. Um, and it's all thanks to Andy Coulson. Yeah, uh, which brings, it, brings us around nicely to uh, where we started. Uh, Martin Clark, I, uh, he, was, um, uh, he was an editor. He was my editor, one of my editors, because we went through so many when I was in my short period there at the Scotsman. God, he's a... Uh, Nutter, yeah. yeah. Yes. I mean, well, in a, I, and I say that in an affectionate in way. In an affectionate and, and uh, non-defamatory Yeah, no, uh, way, because way. I, I, I think he's brilliant. I mean, I actually think, I, you know, I actually did, I went up and said to him, you know, you're fantastic. And then he had a go at me for, for uh, recounting the story of when he told his staff that he was a, an effing genius. Yes. Well, um, um, now, <laughs> yes, because what he, he was uh, celebrating the latest, I don't know, figures, I think, wasn't he? And he said, well, well what this proves is I'm a king genius. <laughs> yeah. First of all, <laughs> and yeah. secondly, that you're quite good as well. <laughs> well I'm a, I'm a, I'm a I suppose I should point yeah, out that he denies that he said it in quite that way. But, but I, I, stand by no, my I think he probably used more swear words and, 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 and was a bit more direct and probably shouted a bit as well, given, given what I know about him. I, I have to I hold him with, with some affection, I have to say, as well. Because He's a great journalist. He is a great journalist, yeah. All right, uh, excellent stuff. Thank you very much. Anything more I uh, 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 want to say? We are devastated, I think. We are all devastated that we were in, invited, like the rest of Twitter, to India Night Party. <laughs> This week, India. So, India, if you're listening, we're not very impressed. The entirety of, of it was it was a moment where Twitter basically it, the the globe went off of Twitter. Yeah. So you normally feel like you're part of the gang, a gang, and it's fun and lovely because. And then all of a sudden, you realise that everybody you're following is all off going somewhere off somewhere else. I know, I know, I know. Anyway, well, well, we were. I watched. No, I, do you know what? I didn't watch any television. I sat, I sat and did some work. At home. Shocker. Um, listen, on I want a Wednesday to, night. Yes. 
That's Anna? really bad. It's like TV night in our house. I, didn't, I watched a bit of news night. There was, there was nothing on the television. There's English There's, There is Apprentice. English had that was you know, I couldn't watch The Apprentice. Apprentice and then Man Men. I couldn't watch The Apprentice because Mrs. Wells was out and insists that we have to watch it together. So we have to watch it and catch it. <laughs> um, listen, before we go, uh, do you want to tell us something, something that you've learned this week? We've, you've told us quite a lot already, Jane. <laughs> Is there things I've learned. I'm learning so much in my new job. Um, things I've learned this week. I learned it's probably good that we don't have guns in this country. After, did you see that story about Bristol? <laughs> you only just learned this. Bristol Palin on Strictly Come Dancing. No. Did you read that? No, it's fabulous. No, so Bristol Palin is the Anne Widdicombe of America, <laughs> Strictly Come Dancing. She's right. absolutely awful. But get, you know, is the bottom of the a, thing. What, Sarah Palin's daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 20, you know. She's not, but she's not as in 60-year-old sort of woman yeah. who's Yeah, but she's not very good at dancing. No, she's not, not very good at dancing. She's on dancing. So every dance, week yes. she comes um, bottom. at bottom. And some man was so cross with her dancing that he shot his own television. He and shot Brilliant. It's definitely not Can good. Can you imagine watching X Factor? Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's not a, not a good reaction. How about you, James? Uh, I learnt it's a bizarre story, but I learnt that Noel, a Noel Coward song. Do you, are you familiar with the Noel you Coward song? You learned Noel Coward song. No, well, I learnt that oh, right. a Noel Coward song called "Let's Not Let Us Not Be Beastly to the Germans" was right. banned by the BBC in 1943. For this isn't very interesting, by for being uh, <laughs> for being Dorothy. too pro-German. But the reason I know that is because um, the Ivy last week gets media. Here Okay. Stuff in the, the Ivy last week had a, to celebrate their twentieth birthday. Had a, a, a play, a live play in the restaurant. Were you especially there? commissioned. No, it wasn't actually. Right. But I know people who were. And um, four nights running, and they were about to start this play when uh, a bunch of Germans t- turned up at the restaurant. Eight of them who'd booked on the internet, and the, the maitre d', who's very, who I know very well, is a great man. Um, said it's uh, too polite to turn them away. So I found them at the table at the rest, at the, in the restaurant as the play was starting. The first song the actors sang was Let's Not Be Beastie to the Germans. <laughs> I think they're all incredibly confused about why they're in this famous restaurant with a bunch of actors singing about Germans. Well, there, there we, we are. are. That's, like, that's, that's l- a very l- English l- moment as well. Yeah. <laughs> okay, excellent stuff. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, that's it from us. Thank you very much to James Robinson, who, uh, as we now learn, we should ask him if we want to uh, table at the Ivy. Um, and to uh, Jane Martin. <laughs> Uh, thank you very much. Um, I, I learned from Twitter, actually, it should be said, that Nigella Lawson and Gillian McKeith are the, uh, are the same age. Uh, so Blimey. if you are what you eat, give me the double cream. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, <laughs> excellent. You can post your feedback on everything that we've, uh, you've just heard, uh, including that dreadful joke, on our blog. That's guardian.co.uk slash media talk. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Well, you can follow me on Twitter if you like. Uh, Matthew Wells. Jane, you're on Twitter. Jane Martin. I'm on Twitter. Twitter. We're all on. Yeah, follow us. God, I mean, all the more. Come on. We've got to be cooperative be here in the garden. Uh, absolutely. Media Talk is produced by Ben Green and Matt Wells. See you next time. Don't forget to start your free 14-day trial of audible.co.uk and to download your free audiobook. Head to guardian.co.uk slash audible. The Guardian. The Guardian.